Welcome to The Vital Point. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. If you are interested in transformational work, such as plant medicine, psychedelics, breath work, meditation, somatic practices, cold exposure, yoga, and more, then my friends, you are in the right place. Welcome to The Vital Point, the podcast that is for practitioners as well as people new to transformational work looking curiously for more information and guidance. So if you are new to this type of work, uh, welcome. I'm your host, Jonathan Schechter. I am an integration coach and breathwork facilitator. I've also been meditating for about 20 years and um, do some mindfulness instruction as well. So this podcast um, brings you leaders in the fields of transformational work, whether that's um, psychedelics and plant medicine work, breath work, or a myriad of other types of modalities. And my goal with this podcast is to not only introduce you to new modalities and practices, but help spark your curiosity to go out and actually practice them. So I hope you enjoy today's episode of the show. On this episode, I talk with Russell Kennedy, MD, also known as the Anxiety MD on Instagram. This was a really great conversation uh, that really spanned the full spectrum of the topic of anxiety and how to work with anxiety and trauma in our bodies with somatic work, with internal family systems. And I really appreciate Russell's approach, uh, his dedication to this topic. He has a wonderful book about it. And not only does he go into the theory and the explanation of you know how trauma gets stuck in the body, what happens when that happens, um, you know how the body views anxiety and trauma as danger, how we can start to move through it and connect to it in a different way but he also provides a practice at the end of the interview that you can follow along with and use whenever you are feeling uh, stuck or feeling anxiety come up in your body so i hope you enjoy this episode i hope it uh, inspires you to do more of this work because it's really important that we can begin to actually feel what's happening in our body rather than avoiding it, trying to numb it in the various ways that we do that, um, or even going to like a talk therapist and trying to talk our way through it. As uh, Dr. Russell likes to say, um, what we resist persists. And so hope you really enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed talking with Dr. Russell Kennedy. Oh, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Bouncing around, doing a bunch of stuff this morning. I have three dogs, so they uh, they definitely keep me busy. I would imagine. <laughs> yeah. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm going to move this so that the boxes are out of the way there. That's a little better. Yeah. Oh, cool. So... 
Uh, welcome to the Vital Point podcast, the podcast all about different transformational practices, uh, everything from breath work to meditation, somatic practices, psychedelics, you name it. If it's about transformation, most likely we're going to talk about it here. And I'm really pleased and honored to have today's guest on the show. Uh, he is Dr. Russell Kennedy, known on Instagram as the Anxiety MD, and he's got a great story. Uh, I've been following him for a bit. I think I actually found you at first on Clubhouse, and yeah, I do really, yeah, yeah, really, really into your message and um, you know the, yeah. the power of somatic practices and and what's really going on in the body. So, um, yeah, was is that how you would sort of summarize what you're doing, or would you put it a yeah, different I way? Think, I think somatics has a lot to do with it, for sure. I think there is some cognitive stuff that I work on, too, because I think you need both. You know, Daniel Siegel talks about having a coherent narrative, like what happened to you. So I think we do need a cognitive structure as if we were physically, emotionally, sexually abused, if we were bullied, if we were neglected. We do need to understand that at a cognitive level. And then, you know, some of the work that I like doing is in sort of um, internal family systems, too, where you find the yeah. part that felt alone, you find the part that feels sad, you know, the part, the part that feels like it needs to grieve, that kind of thing. Not that they're all just easy to find, but um, there's a bunch of different things. And I think somatics really help kind of supercharge that. You know, I think you sit in a therapist's office and they go, how do you feel about your father's suicide? It's like, well, I'm sad and I'm relieved and I'm all this but you don't really actually get into the unconscious realm of it where it's stored, where it was actually repressed, unless you use the body to kind of get in there too. So if you use the body and kind of use a bottom up approach, and then you can use the mind as well to use that top down approach, the trauma is less likely to be able to slip away. You know, you kind of, you kind of surround it in a way, which on some level makes it harder because you can't escape it, especially for men, because we've been escaping our traumas for a very long time. Yeah. I love, I love that combination of the somatic work with internal family systems. It's just such a powerful combination. Yeah. So, so how did you get started? Like, I, I know you have a pretty interesting story and, and like, I think a lot of the guests that we've had on the show, one of the, you know, this is episode 25. And nice. one of the things that I've noticed, even though we have had guests from this wide spectrum of different modalities and different practices, the thing that seems to be a common denominator is that they have gone through some sort of transformation themselves. And then it's so profound on their life that they're like, okay, now I have to help other people. And just from right. the little bit I know about you, I, I think sure. that you fall into that category. Yeah, that's true. You know, I was actually I, I do IFS therapy, like like I, I'm a I'm a patient, whatever client, whatever. I do somatic experiencing therapy. I do it myself, you know, from experienced practitioners, because I want to know the nuts and bolts from both sides. I kind of I kind of do it on my clients or patients or whatever you want to call them. So the short version is, you know, my dad was schizophrenic, uh, eventually committed suicide. So from the time I was about God, 10, 11, 12, till the time I was 26, when he took his own life, he kind of just got worse and worse and worse, you know, so there was part of me that kind of, you know, adapted to it, and then, you know, went into grief, and then I went into numbness, and then I pushed it away. So all of this complex stuff got 
pushed down into my unconscious. And I believe that the body is a representation of the unconscious mind. And it's very difficult to reach the unconscious, these unconscious programs and motivations and desires directly through the conscious mind. So because the body is a representation of the unconscious mind, we can localize these traumas in our body. And that's what happened with me, kind of a long version to get around to what you originally asked. But for me, I, I did LSD and ayahuasca, not to get high, but I really wanted to you know, use my degree in neuroscience and medicine and all that kind of stuff to really analyze exactly what these things do. And then when I was on LSD, it showed me that my anxiety was actually not in my mind at all, but in this, mm. you know, area of my solar plexus. And that was the place that I needed to go to heal it and to find it. And then on top of that, this is where it gets really kind of out there, is that I realized that that place in my solar plexus was my younger self, was my like 10, 11, 12 year old self that saw his dad starting to fail and, you know, kind of went into, you know, disarray. And at that point had to develop all these defensive accommodations and stuff and, you know, layers on the onion to make it feel better and to survive and to stuff it down. And then when it gets stuffed down, it's really hard to kind of bring it back up again, especially for men, because we're not that, we're not that body conscious, you know, we're not as women are, women have to, you know, this may sound sexist or whatever, but every month when you get your period as a woman, you've got to pay attention to your body. But in men, mm. we don't have to do that. You know, we, right. we can we can go for years at a time ignoring our bodies. And as a physician, as a family medicine doctor, I would see men come in all the time with horrible things that they've been let they've let go for the last two years that we probably could have fixed two years ago. Right, right. And not only I mean, not only just that, just the the social conditioning that we have, you know, yeah. around man up, be a man, suck it up, walk it off. Um, totally. Yeah, you, you're you're making me think of my grandfather. You know, he was a farmer his whole life, very independent person, and, you know, ended up in his 80s needing a hernia operation. And what did he do way too soon? Got back up and got back to his, yeah. his farm chores. Yeah. And I ended up on the farm having to help him with his chores because he had to go back in for another surgery. Yeah, you know? But that's, that's that mentality of like, nope, we just got to do it. And not to say that women don't have any of that social conditioning, but I do, I do agree with you that as men, there's just sort of, we're not conditioned to really lean into the body and lean into, you know, what's happening to, to clue in to what's happening um, in our body. Yeah. And to use our body as, as a conduit to those old unconscious programs that run our lives, that run our addictions, that run our motivations, that run our desires. You know, it all comes from the unconscious. Very little of it comes from our conscious mind. So, you know, if we're going to make a dent in these programs, we have to pretty much go in through the body. If you don't, right. you know, if you just use cognitive therapies, and I, I talk about this a lot on my Instagram page, if you're just using cognitive therapies, you're doing yourself a disservice because you can't actually heal from like anxiety, depression, all that kind of stuff just with cognitive therapy. You need some sort of somatic, unconscious you know, bridge to get in there and get it, get right in the same room with those programs, as opposed to just trying to modify them, which is what a lot of conscious therapies do. They try and modify the situation and you do feel better, 
but the underlying issue is still there. And the little analogy that I draw is like, you're, you're in a rowboat, there's a hole in the rowboat, it's starting to fill up with water, it's starting to sink. Now you got a can with you, so you can, you can bail out the water, so you can make yourself feel a little better. And bailing out the water is the equivalent of just dealing with your thoughts. You know, but unless you go in there and you actually patch the hole in the boat, if you actually fix that alarm in your body, that's what, that's what solves the problem. Otherwise, you're just bailing water and, and dealing with your thoughts for the rest of your life. Right. And, and I think I, just from the little bit that I know about your story, that's kind of the place that you were coming from before you did all this work on yourself, right? Is that Western medical model of let's just give you medication, you know, which well, that's the analogy would, right. The that's analogy is, yeah. you know, you're, you're not fixing the hole in the boat, you know? No, exactly. Um, I didn't even know that there was a hole in the boat as a medical doctor. Like it, <laughs> it didn't, didn't even occur to me because we're not trained in that environment. You know, we're trained in this very reductionist model where, you know, you know, kidney problem is just a kidney problem. And everybody I know has had an issue with a medical doctor at one time, just not treating them like a real person you know, treating them like a disease. And I think that's one of the issues in allopathic medicine is that we're very specific in treating something that, that may be causing you pain or relieving your pain or whatever, but we're not very sensitive to the person as a whole. And I think that's just getting worse and worse and worse because doctors are getting more and more burned out. So they don't have that emotional capacity to connect with, with patients so much anymore. And that emotional connection has such a huge role to play in healing. And so we're losing that. We're getting, you know, our doctors are becoming technicians. Yeah, they know exactly how to, you know, adjust your sodium levels if you have, you know, kidney issues or whatever. But they don't really know like, hey, you know, what's going on in your life or what went on in your life that may have, have led you to this chronic, you know, medical condition. Right, right. Yeah, and like you said, you know, the whole system is, getting more and more squeezed, you know, it's yeah. more like get it, move them in, get them out, you know, not sit and talk to your doctor, not let's look at these other, you know, these other facets, these other things that are happening in your body. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely right. Um, so what, what's one thing that we can do, do you think to start, you know, getting more in touch with, with our bodies and, and moving into the body rather than, you know, out of that allopathic, model yeah i mean i think touch is is amazing you know just basically touching yourself sounds kind of weird but but uh <laughs> you know basically just you know getting used to your own touch putting your putting your hand over your heart putting your hand on your throat you know one of the things that i do with people all the time is i get them to find their alarm in their system so for me you know when i think about dealing with my father and when he was schizophrenic and, and had lost touch with reality and stuff. And I go back into that and I relax my shoulder, relax my jaw, take a couple of breaths, just sort of allow myself to open to that trauma. And then I, I say, okay, where do I feel that in my body? And this is what LSD showed me. I mean, LSD showed me where exactly where it is. So I don't have to look really that hard for it, but you know, scan your, scan from your chin to your pubic bone. Usually it's around the center of your body somewhere, like your belly, your solar plexus, your heart, your throat, uh, although it can be anywhere. And just find an area that kind of lights up. You know, like when we, when we go through a bad breakup, we have a heartache. We actually have pain around our heart area. And it's kind of an analogous thing is that, is that uh, or analogous thing that, that it happens when we have trauma too, like that sensation is put into our, our bodies. So I have lots of people 
who, you know, weren't able to stick up for themselves to their parent. And they have this, all this alarm that's stuck in their throat. When I get people, when they have alarm in their throat, a lot of times, the first thing I'll ask them is like, who couldn't you tell? Like, who couldn't you either, you know, ask for support for, or who, you know, if you were being bullied at school, you couldn't tell this to your parents because you were afraid of how that was going to, you know, come across. So you block all this energy in your throat. And, you know, as, as you know, as a, a medical doctor, sometimes I want to have a seizure when I talk about this more ethereal stuff, but, but it's really true. You know, I see a lot of people with alarm in their throat that just couldn't express when they were a child what was hurting them. And so you find it and then you put your hand over it and you sort of really get into that area and really feel the touch of it and the sensation of it and feel the warmth of your hand. And, you know, how big is it? Is it the size of your fist? Is it hot, cold, warm? Um, does it have a texture? Does it have a shape? Does it have a color? You know, so for me, you know, my alarm is in my solar plexus. It's, it's got this image of this, these sharp kind of um, crystal points. It's purple. It, it push, it's like a pain or a pressure or a dull ache. It pushes up into my heart and it pushes into my back. When I think of my dad and the trauma that I went through with him, that's where I feel it. And then I put my hand over that area and I just sort of breathe into it as best I can and just see if I can really provide some attention into that area in my body that lights up when I think of, you know, an ex that I'm still kind of, you know, maybe not hung up on, but, you know, was kind of hoping that maybe that, that situation, that relationship would have worked out, you know, or something like that. Like, where do you feel that in your body? And then you can use that to track into your unconscious mind to actually get at the root cause of the issue, as opposed to just talking your way out of it, which feels better in the short term and does help, but it doesn't really fix the underlying unconscious root of the problem. And that's why I like using the body for that. I, I love how specific you are about, you know, where, where your anxiety, where your trauma is in your body. To me, that is a, a, a great example of how much work you've done yourself around it. Yeah. Um, you know, for me doing, um, you know, I've, I've been uh, somatic experiencing, uh, you know, patient, I guess you could say for about two and a half years. And I've been meditating for, you know, almost 20. And right there's there's something about the awareness that builds the more that you do these practices the more that you key in to where where is that area that yeah. you know that i'm feeling it and like you said it's you know at first you know so I'm, I'm encouraging the audience to to really stick with it to try it out um you know these that's the thing about these transformational practices you know you can't really read about them um you, no. know, you really have to you really have to experience them and the more I've found that the more that I do it, the more specific it gets. You know, you yeah. mentioned color, you mentioned shape, you know, you were able to pinpoint where it was moving to. Um, all these different things are things that will build um, as you strengthen that awareness of the situation that you're going through and really key into it. And then in my experience, that one of the next things that comes along with that awareness to bring it back to the IFS is how old is this feel yeah you know and like that starts to become an awareness also so like all of a sudden it's like oh this is from my parents divorce when i was you know four or this is yeah. me being an angry teenager and not being able to express certain things and experiencing another a different trauma you know those feel completely differently but when you first start out it's just this overwhelming 
you know, thing that you're in and you're just trying to stay afloat, in other words. So I, I really appreciate how specific you are there. And like I said, yeah. it really just shows uh, the, the degree to the, of the work that you've done on yourself. Yeah, thanks, John. I think, you know, uh, I think a lot of us forget that the, the body actually carries this pain because there's a couple of reasons for that. So say with me and my dad, I had this, you know, crushing pain in my solar plexus. It's been there since I've been, you know, 15 years old. But I, I got tra trapped in my head with my thoughts so much. And I think that's what your ego does. Your ego keeps you trapped in your head and it keeps you ruminating because it wants to prevent you from going back down into your body where all that old pain is. So yeah. when you have all this old pain in your body, you don't want to go back down there. So one of the tricks the ego uses is to keep you in your head, to keep you in rumination so you never actually deal with it. But if you never actually deal with it, it never changes. And your life may get better. You know, you may get into a great relationship. You get a great job. And a lot of that stuff just sort of goes down for a while. But then you get into a car accident or you get a divorce or whatever. And all that old pain is all just waiting to come back up again. And it will. And unless right. you actually get at the root cause of the issue, which I believe that you can find cognitively as well as somatically and deal with the somatic part of it, deal with the unconscious part of it, the part of it that's been pushed down for so many, so many years, then you get somewhere. You know, I was doing a, a, a podcast with uh, Jerry Ropero from, uh, from Florida and he had this great analogy. He said, you know, holding down trauma is like trying to hold a basketball underwater. Like it, it takes a tremendous amount of, you know, vigilance and pressure to keep right. that down. And that takes a lot of energy. So a lot of us at the end of the day are exhausted uh, or we get into, you know, drugs and alcohol and all that kind of stuff to try and distract ourselves. Now, I'm, I'm leaning more towards men here than, 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 than women, but it's the same thing. We all find our little addictions that help us deal with that pain. So if we, if we deal with the pain directly, if we find it unconsciously and directly, we, we can actually metabolize it and process it and move through it. Now, in some cases, it's pretty intense. Like in some cases, like, you know, if you've had sexual abuse as, as a child, that's really intense. You know, physical abuse as well, emotional abuse, that kind of stuff. Then you probably need someone else to kind of help shepherd you through this. You know, because there's no point in me saying, hey, find all this alarm in your body and then it fires you into orbit, into stress. So, you know, sometimes I think there is a benefit for people just to find their alarm. And one of the I think the um, thing I'm posting on Instagram today talks a lot about that, you know, basically go into the trauma of your mind, the short version, of, uh, bring the trauma up, bring the breakup up, bring whatever it is up and then scan your body and see if you can find in that area in your body that really kind of flares up that feels, you know, hot or intense or painful or pressure or whatever. And then just put your hand over it. There's something to be said for that. But as you say, the more you dive into it, the more you find the color and the shape and the texture and, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes what will happen is more memories of that event will come back up and right. that can be really triggering. So that's yeah. when it's kind of, that's that sort of, uh, um, kind of, uh, you've got to know, get Kenny Rogers, know when to hold them, know when to fold them. <laughs> you know, it's like, you, you got to know if this is way too much for you to handle on your own, or you need some help. And if you need some help, technically, you know, the, a lot of the classically trained CBT people, psychiatrists, psychologists, 
with just talk therapy don't really get into this. And that's why, you know, you're doing SE, uh, Hakomi is another, another version of that too. Like get a, get a therapist that really understands this sensation, this unconscious sensation in the, that's rooted in the body and have you move through that as well. Cause then you, then you give yourself the best chance of actually metabolizing this trauma, bringing it up to the surface. You got to feel it, to heal it. And then you can metabolize it and move past it as opposed to just the cognitive explanation, which will help you in the short term, but won't really help you in the long term. Uh, there's so much to unpack in what you just said. And I, I, I love it. Um, the, the first one, just being that metaphor of holding the basketball underwater and how much, you know, you, you touched on how much energy it takes to hold it. But oh, yeah. I was thinking about what happens ex- as soon as you let go. That's it the other thing. It shoots right back yeah, up, right? Exactly. So, so, there, so there's that. Um, I, I do really love that you mentioned, you know, um, being cautious, um, you know, especially depending on, you know, what your history of trauma is to, to, to not be afraid to reach out to somebody that has professional training around this. Um, and especially, you know, um, you know, you, in the beginning, you, you, you talk, talked about your experience with, um, with some psychedelics. And I think that that is something that happens often is that people go in to, uh, you know, doing plant medicine work or psychedelic work with that, with some sort of intention, they might not even be aware of the trauma that they're repressing. They might just be like, well, I want to stop drinking or, you know, stop doing this, stop doing that. And all of a sudden now you're just open. And what do you do with all that? You know? Um, And so I I love what you mentioned, Um, you know, from an SE perspective, um, some of the things that I've been taught is to find, you know, just like we found the place where the trauma, where the anxiety is, and we get in touch with that. Also finding a place where we feel resourced, where we feel safe, where we feel grounded. Um, For a lot of people that can be the feet. Um, Oftentimes for me, it's in my butt or in my lower back where I'm like sitting and, you know, I'm actually touching something. And then, you know, once we kind of get in touch with that area, we can go back and forth between the trauma and that place of grounding just yeah. to, you know, within SE, it's called pendulation, but just to, you know, give ourselves a break. Like you said, sometimes it's not the best idea just to go stra- smack dab into the yeah. middle of, of the trauma. So yeah, there's, there's so many resources out there for people. And, you know, just like you, I, I encourage, you know, them to, um, to, to not, be, not be afraid to ask for help. You know, there's no shame in it. Yeah. Well, let me tell you why I think that works from, from my own sort of neuroscience perspective and my own sort love of it. psychological perspective is I, I, I think when you pendulate, when you go back and forth, some therapies called oscillation, pendulation, whatever it is, but basically what you're doing is you're going into the trauma place in your body, and then you're going to a place that feels either neutral or good. So for me, it's kind of my, my sinuses. I've done a lot of meditation. So when I'm in my meditation, I really focus on the air going in and out of my sinuses. So for me, that's a pleasant sensation. So what I will do is I'll go into the solar plexus, I'll go into the anxiety, the the pain, and then I'll stay in there for 15 seconds, 30 seconds without adding thoughts to it as best I can. You know, just ignoring the thoughts because the thoughts will come and peck at you as far as that goes. So it's just, if you can just sit in the, in the sensation and then just sort of move, make that mental movement into the sensation that feels good. 
and just sit there without a whole lot of thought. I call it sensation without explanation. So I just want you to sense it. I don't want your mind to start explaining it. Just sense it, just feel it. And then go back into the painful sensation and then back and forth, say 15, 30 seconds in each place. So what that does, I think, is it shows the unconscious mind because when you experience this tra trauma, typically as a child, there was no escape. Everything, everything was black at that point. There, you were a child, you had no power, everything was black at that point. So when you do pendulation, what you're doing is you're showing your amygdala, you're showing your unconscious mind that, hey, we're not back there anymore. There is this crack of light. There is this feeling that I feel in my sinuses that actually feels good. So this, this uh, alarm that I felt in my system is not all encompassing anymore. I'm not a 10 year old boy anymore, you know, watching his dad being taken away to the mental hospital. I'm actually in a place now where I see things differently. And then what you do is you bring that unconscious child who feels helpless and hopeless into your adult self, which has hope, which can see the light. And so now that child sees a crack of light where before there was just darkness. And then once you open that up, then things start to really sort of shift. But until you, until you show the unconscious that you're not in this dark hole, that there is that there is no escape because that's what it felt like for a child when you show them that there actually is a light at the end of the tunnel then they can start to relax their body will start to relax a little more now there's you know a lot of resistance to that because you've been holding that beach ball or that basketball underwater for a long time and you know as you know the the farther you push that ball down and we've all done this we've all pushed the ball underwater <laughs> and then let it go and it you know it comes up it might hit you in the face or it might you know, hit your, hit your buddy in the face or whatever. But the more you push it down, the more force that it comes back up with. So it's, it's a matter of what they call titration, you know, going back and yeah. forth and just titrating back and forth so that you show the unconscious mind that this pain isn't all of you. Because yeah. when you were a child, it did feel like that pain was all of you. Right. And sometimes, you know, that, that it was life-threatening, you know? Yeah. And, and that's why we end up, like you said, you know, trying to numb it out, trying to self-soothe. And that's something that I've experienced in myself. And I also see in people I work with is like, oftentimes there's so much, there's so much shame or there's so much of an inner critic around the things that they're doing to try to soothe that pain that they have inside. Yeah. And it's like, it, they're, they're at some point, and obviously this is not a cognitive thing, but it's, it's something that people arrive at at their own pace through their healing is forgiving ourselves and actually thanking ourselves like wow like you did such a great job keeping me yeah. safe and I like thank you 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 got me to this point and now 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 we're safe now we don't yeah. need to to protect ourselves in this way and and this adult self I, i've got it from here like you know we don't need you holding us down you know keeping us safe anymore so there's, yeah, there's so much called, wisdom in that yeah it's kind of called coming alongside of yourself really because yeah. i think you know there's a quote that i use quite a bit is when you when you neglect shame or cause pain to a child the child doesn't stop loving the parent they stop loving themselves mm -hmm. so we start doing this thing that i call jabs which is basically judgment abandonment blame and shame so we take these jabs at ourselves so self-judgment self-abandonment self-blame and self-shame and that becomes a narrative that we take on when we are children in an environment that we don't have any control over and that is hurting us. 
so that becomes the inner critic that becomes the part of us that, that that kind of drives us in a way and and it makes sense of the world that we're in so if we judge ourselves well that makes sense of you know people are bullying me or you know my parent isn't paying attention to me so you know i'll judge myself for that and that becomes a narrative and that cognitive narrative reinforces that old alarm so they, they form this loop that i call the alarm anxiety cycle so the alarm flares up in the body the flare the pain comes up the mind which is basically a meaning making make sense machine uses this process called interoception because the mind is always reading the body if it reads that alarm in your system and that alarm feels painful and uncomfortable and scary the mind is going to make up thoughts that are painful uncomfortable and scary then when you say those thoughts to yourself in your mind, which come out as worries, the body gets a hold of that and that in energizes the alarm and the alarm energizes the thoughts and the thoughts energize the alarm. So you get into this alarm anxiety cycle. So what you need to do to, to break free of like anxiety and that kind of thing is to separate the alarm in your body, allow it to be there, don't add thoughts to it and just allow the thoughts just kind of go by like a parade. You know, this is what meditation helps teach you as well. But as soon as you start hooking that alarm in the body to the thoughts of the mind and they start going, it's like a runaway train. And it's no wonder people feel that anxiety is inescapable, but it's mostly what we're doing to ourselves. Yeah. Wow. I love it. I mean, I don't love the process. No, I know what you mean. Yeah, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I've been doing this for a long time. So it's like, and especially because I have it myself, I had it myself, I dealt with anxiety for like 30 years. You know, so it's like I, you know, I lived at a temple in India, I wrote a book, I narrated a book, I, I you know, became a yoga and meditation teacher, I, I you know, I did psychedelics. Uh, you know, there's very few people on earth that know as much about anxiety as me, mostly because I, I lived with crippling anxiety for 30 years. Right. Well, do you think you could to sort of close us out could you yeah, sure. like lead us in like a short practice that people could do to um start to connect to that sensation in their body yeah i mean i guess it's it, it is one of those things where yeah we could we could try it for sure so how much time do we have left it's like i mean as much as you want but okay i would say okay. let's let's shoot for 10 minutes max sure yeah it won't it won't be that long but i just yeah. wanted to know it's cool like, Okay, so basically, what if you're if you're lying down, basically feel the support of the surface that you're on. If you're sitting down, if you can slip your shoes off, if that's possible for you, feel your feet flat on the floor, and then just put a little bit of pressure on each foot alternately. So a little pressure on the right foot, a little pressure on the left foot, and really, as you put that pressure on your feet, really feel the grounding of the earth below you, and that there is support there. As much as sometimes you feel like you know, you're, you're floating in the breeze. There really is support. You really are anchored to the earth. And then relax your shoulders, let them drop. Relax your jaw, maybe wiggle it back and forth a little bit. And then let's do a few physiological sighs, which are basically two breaths in and then one long breath out. So... I just keep doing that two fairly quick breaths in and a longer breath out. Let your shoulders drop. You can move your neck from side to side. Feel your feet on the ground again. 
And then just see if you can come into stillness. And then maybe bring to mind a trauma from your life, maybe a breakup. Don't pick the worst trauma of your life. Like just pick something that still troubles you or, you know, is even troubling you today. There's something that's happened in the last week or so that's troubling you. And then scan your body, you know, from your kind of like your chin down to the pubic bone, sort of in the midline there. and See if you can find an energy that maybe feels a bit like a heartache. Maybe it feels a bit like a pressure or a pain. And see if that localizes somewhere like your throat or your solar plexus or your belly. It can be anywhere though too. People get it across their shoulders, their thighs. Just see if there's an energy. When you, when you bring up that old pain, see if there's a place in your body that kind of lights up a little bit, becomes a little more energetic. Maybe hot or cold or warm or cool. Maybe feel sharp or pointed or dull or aching. Just look for an energy in your body. And if you don't find it, that's okay. Sometimes it takes a while for us to really start scanning our body and really start seeing where it is. But I'd encourage you to, you know, try this practice, you know, on a fairly regular basis, just to see if you can isolate some of the old alarm, the old trauma that's held in your body. And if you can find it, you know, if it's in your throat or your heart or your solar plexus area, just put your hand over it, either hand, and then just do some slow circles over that area that you feel your alarm. Just feel the warmth of your hand. Just feel that connection that you're making to yourself. It's almost like you're completing an electrical circuit. And then maybe make the hand go the other direction, counterclockwise. And then put your other hand on top of your first hand and just stop for a second and see if you can really sense the energy, the heat of your hands, the energy of your hands connecting with that old place of old trauma and alarm. And it might bring up some tears, might bring up some sadness, might bring up some anger, some frustration. But just sit with it without trying to explain it. Sort of sensation without explanation. Just sit with that feeling and just without words, kind of let that alarm know that you've got it. That you're here, that you're, your adult self is connecting with that younger version of you that did feel alone and did feel like they couldn't tell what that was happening to them. And just see if that sensation changes at all. Nice, slow, easy breath. Continuing to feel supported by the surface you're on. You're sitting down or lying down. And just know that this is available to you at any time. You can always put your hand over your alarm 
and just make that intention that you're connecting with that part of you, which is typically your younger self and showing that younger self that they're safe as much as they don't feel it. If you practice this and you use your adult self to find that alarm, find that younger self, you'll be more connected. And when you're more connected, the alarm starts to dissipate. And when the alarm starts to dissipate, you don't get so many anxious thoughts. So it's really about finding that alarm in your system, treating that alarm as your younger self, because I believe that is what it is. And then showing that younger self that you will always take care of them. You will always be there for them. You'll no longer judge, abandon, blame, or shame them. You come alongside of that younger self and you become your own best bet. You become the support that you wish you had as that child. You now become the parent that you'd always wanted to the child in you. Let's recheck in with your jaw. Just relax your jaw, relax your shoulders. Take a breath. We're gonna come up out of this state. Maybe take a deep breath in through your nostrils. Maybe open your eyes if they were closed. Slowly adjust to the room around you. See where your eyes get attracted to. Continuing to feel that grounding, your feet, your back if you're lying down. And know that this procedure is available to you 24 hours a day, middle of the day, middle of the night. You can always find that alarm, that younger self and connect to them and show them that they're okay because they still may not feel okay. And the more you can do this and show them that they're okay, the more your alarm settles and the less you feel the need to make up a bunch of stories that just wind up hurting you. So thanks for joining me on that. Thank Something you so that much. always helps me. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much, Dr. Kennedy. Really appreciate you offering that. You can call me Russ, John. Okay. Thank you, Russ. So uh, where should people go to find out more about you or to work with you? You have a book, right, as well? Yeah, I have a book called Anxiety Rx on Amazon. Um, it's on audiobook as well as print book. There is, uh, if you just Google the Anxiety MD, not the Anxiety Doctor, the Anxiety MD, um, my YouTube, my Instagram, my webpage, you know, all of that stuff comes up. All you just have to do is, is you know, Google the Anxiety MD and I'm all over it. Awesome. Yeah, I know you're on Clubhouse and you're, yeah. I lo love your content here on Instagram too, so really Yeah, I do Clubhouse stream every... Every Sunday at noon Pacific time, I do a room on Clubhouse for about two hours where I, I talk about a different aspect of anxiety. And sometimes I'll do kind of intuitive readings on people and help them understand where their anxiety comes from and what they can do about it. So yeah, I really like my Clubhouse room. I'm doing it this 
this weekend as well, but I'm doing uh, my somatic experiencing training this weekend. So I only have like uh, an hour between 12.30 and 1.30. Usually it's 12 to 2, but today, this, this weekend is only going to be 12.30 to 1.30. And then next week after this Sunday, I'm going to interview uh, Ellen, Dr. Ellen Bora, who's a psychiatrist who just wrote a book called The Anatomy of Anxiety. So that should be a really fun room. So that'll be, I think, the 27th of March. Awesome. Well, everybody, if you're not already, please follow uh, Dr. Russell Kennedy, the Anxiety MD here on uh, Instagram. And um, thank you so much for the work that you're doing and for being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks for the work you're doing too. You know, the more, the more we can get the word out there, the more we can start changing the way um, this is looked at, you know, in it from a, from a really like credible source. You know, I think sometimes we get, a lot of the, the people that are coming from this kind of very ethereal, spiritual place. And, and uh, it's easy to discount that. But, you know, I've got a degree in neuroscience, a uh, big background in developmental psychology and a degree in medicine. And this is what I have found has worked the best thing for me. So here's a medical doctor saying, look, it's not all just sort of smoke and mirrors and witchcraft. There is, there is something to this. Right, right. Well, thank you. And thanks everybody for joining us on this episode of the Vital Point podcast. Um, all the episodes are available on Instagram on my account, Blue Magic Alchemy. And you can also find episodes uh, in audio form on major platforms, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, and Google. So this will be up uh, later on this week. So uh, Dr. Russell Kennedy, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Jonathan. It was great. And Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in, and I uh, hope to see you again next week on The Vital Point. Till then, cheers. Thanks for checking out another episode of the podcast. I hope that you not only enjoyed it, but that you feel inspired to go and do some practice of your own, You know, whether that is something that is a part of your regular routine, like meditation or breath work, or trying something new, like taking an ice bath or starting a new mindset practice maybe you feel curious to something that you've been called to try you know working with a new teacher a new facilitator or maybe even working with uh, psychedelics or plant medicine in whatever way is safe and legal for you where you live my hope is that you are you know curious and continue to expand your transformational practice and that this podcast inspires you to continue doing that as always if you can follow or subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it on it definitely helps and if you can leave a review even just a few reviews really help to push the podcast up in the algorithm and help make it more visible to more people I'd love it if you shared it with your friends, if you're finding it valuable or interesting. As always, follow me at Blue Magic Alchemy on Instagram, all one word. And if you're interested in learning more about breathwork or you'd like support integrating or preparing for self-development and transformational practice, reach out to me at bluemagicalchemy at gmail.com or at Instagram to set up a discovery call for Instagram coaching. Until next time, thank you, be well, and keep practicing. That's the vital point.